Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. George P. is a 75-year-old gentleman in your practice who comes in for his annual Medicare wellness visit. He's feeling well, has no complaints. He's recovered well from his recent hernia surgery and is back to walking almost every day and feels pretty good. All of his friends are taking vitamin D right now and he wonders why you haven't recommended it for him. How can vitamin D help George? Hi, this is Frank Domino. And joining me today to discuss about recent developments in vitamin D and its clinical applications is Dr. Susan Feeney, director of the nurse practitioner tracks at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Frank. So this is a vitamin D, boy, it just keeps coming back and this is really timely. So remind us though about vitamin D and why is it important? What do we know? All right, so we call it vitamin D, it's cholecalciferol, and, but the reality of the matter is it's really not a vitamin, it's a hormone. It's something that your body can produce and it's necessary for normal growth and development. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have adequate sunlight, your body can produce vitamin D, uh, but we know most of us are not getting adequate sun exposure and we're not getting adequate vitamin D through our eating. The primary sources of vitamin D in our diet tends to be milk, and a glass of milk has less than 100 international units of vitamin D. Um, Multivitamins have some vitamin D in it, but fairly small amounts, normally uh, 400 international units, occasionally 600. And so um, when we think about vitamin D and getting adequate amounts, most of us find we have to get it through supplementation and you can buy it. And the the current highest amount that's been studied and found to be safe is 4,000 international units a day. And there are a few populations that might not wanna take that amount. So 2,000 a day is a safe amount to take um, and it's not gonna harm anyone. Uh, But uh, there's lots of information and misinformation about the benefits or the lack of benefits. Right. Indeed. And, you know, Chris, I'm thinking about being housebound with, you know, during COVID and doing most of our work from home, nobody's getting sunshine. Um, so how does supplementation, how does it influence bone and muscle health? So when we think about vitamin D, the area that caught everyone's attention most was uh, around, you know, bone health and osteoporosis. And the studies looking at um, the treatment of osteoporosis, especially in postmenopausal women, involve taking medications like bisphosphonates combined with vitamin D and calcium supplementation. So vitamin D has been sort of on our on our radar for a while. And there were there were a number of recent studies that looked at vitamin D's efficacy in in bone and muscle health. So one was a um, a trial looking in, in Europeans. Um, of adults um, whose mean age was 75, and they, they, they placed them on vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acids, and they followed them forward in time. Now, they put them on 2,000 a day, 
and they prescribed regular strength training exercises, 30 minutes, three times a week. And they were randomized um, to a variety of different degrees of exercise. So did a little help, did a lot help, what worked? And at three years, there was no significant difference in strength training in these older adults in any of the subgroups. Um, higher doses of vitamin D didn't help, more or less exercise didn't change their strength training. So A, it's a good thing if you get seniors to do strength training, but B, the influence of vitamin D was not found. So uh, unfortunately, this study um, was pretty much, uh, uh, came out and said, oh, look, vitamin D doesn't help. And on the flip side, strength training does. And I think that's the, the, the key takeaway. Uh, yeah. When we look specifically at bone density, um, this was another study of 26,000 middle-aged or older adults taking 2,000 a day of vitamin D versus placebo. And um, they measured their bone mineral density at baseline, and then again, two years later. And at two years later, there was a small but non-significant change in the vitamin D group versus the placebo group in the hips and spine. Wow. Um, so once again, just taking middle-aged folks and giving them 2,000 a day did not improve their bone mineral density. Now, um, I found that study, you know, perfectly reasonable. If you take middle-aged folks who aren't um, over 65 and put them on vitamin D uh, and just look over two years, you're probably going to have a fairly small impact on their bone health. You need to take it for long periods of time. And even then, we don't know if it helps. Right. So two studies that showed um, that there's probably not any great benefit to 2,000 a day of vitamin D on bone or muscle. On the other hand, exercise was found to be beneficial. Um, right. I do want to remind everybody that there still is no evidence and no recommendation to screen people for vitamin D deficiency. Um, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force gives it an I recommendation saying there's insufficient evidence to right. support it. Um, on the other hand, they did report that there's been an 80-fold increase in Medicare being requested to reimburse for vitamin D testing. Yeah. So I'd like all our listeners to recognize that vitamin D uh, supplementation, where we have some data that show it's beneficial, some data that show it's not, but please don't waste your money uh, on right. testing. Just recognize that most everybody will benefit from vitamin D supplementation, uh, but there's, there's no benefit in aggressive testing unless you have a specific concern. And it's not cheap uh, to test for vitamin D. And uh, Choosing Wisely also recommends that we don't screen. So what's, um, what is new about vitamin D supplementation being beneficial? We've heard it a lot recently. Is there any new news about it um, beyond bone and, and muscle health? Well, th there are there are plenty of things. There are plenty of studies, and I've covered them before on the podcast, where vitamin D has been found in randomized controlled trial uh, outcomes to improve things. So uh, it does lower the risk of development of depression or assist in treating patients with depression. There's uh, systematic review level data that shows taking a vitamin D supplementation lowers the risk of upper respiratory tract infections and asthma exacerbations. And there's even some data, some 
observational but interesting data that shows vitamin D supplementation lowers the risk of breast cancer in women, bladder cancer in men and women, and colorectal cancer in men and women. So there's some, some historically good benefit to supplementing people with vitamin D. A recent paper that's close to my heart, actually closer to my brain, was they looked at patients who had benign paroxysmal positional vertigo. And if you've ever had BPPV, you'll know it's one of the least pleasant things in your life. Okay. And I had it a number of years ago. And they found, they, they took patients who had had it and they randomized them um, to either uh, 400 mil international units of vitamin D and 500 milligrams of calcium carbonate twice a day for 12 months. And they looked and they compared that to placebo for recurrence of BPV, BPPV episodes. And what they found was that the demonstrated had a, had a significant reduction, almost a 20% reduction in the risk for recurrence of PPV. So the number needed to treat was four. It yeah. was very low, yeah. very safe, and a very low dose right. uh, of vitamin D supplementation. Now, its mechanism of action was theorized, and I'm not sure it's really all that pertinent. Right. Uh, I, I do think, though, this is one of those examples uh, of, of, of the benefit of just going ahead and uh, in patients who are at risk, who've had right. this condition before, supplementing with uh, vitamin D and either a calcium-rich diet or calcium supplementation. Wow, that's incredibly beneficial because as you said, it's a terrible condition and people live in fear of it once they've had it. So that's really great news. Well, what about COVID and vitamin D? We've heard a lot about this. You mentioned about upper respiratory tract infections possibly being reduced. So has there been any benefit in, in vitamin D in preventing or lessening the effects of COVID? All right. So from the spring, we know that patients who are vitamin D deficient who had severe COVID infections had far worse outcomes than those that didn't. And so it was theorized that maybe vitamin D uh, uh, levels were, were the reason why some people did worse than others. And it's still unclear, but there have been a couple of recent studies that I think are worth noting. They, the small studies, people who were admitted to the hospital with vitamin D, uh, this study was, was about 100 patients randomized to receive high-dose intravenous vitamin D versus placebo and look at their outcomes. And they found of the 50 who received vitamin D, only one needed ICU admission and none died versus the other group who didn't receive the vitamin D, uh, 13 needed ICU care and two died. So there's possible in the severe situation that vitamin D supplementation may help. Um, another JAMA article looked at the risk of COVID-19 infection with vitamin D deficiency and it found that if you were deficient, your risk of getting infected was twice as high than if you were not. So, um, Again, this doesn't say taking it prevents it, but it does show being deficient puts you at higher risk. Right. Finally, there was a meta-analysis that looked at, um, uh, uh, it was over two years old now, but it's a meta-analysis that looked at what were uh, the influence of vitamin D supplementation on upper respiratory tract infections. Now, this um, meta-analysis didn't include COVID-19, but included other coronaviruses. And sure enough, there, were, there was a significant reduction in upper respiratory tract infections 
in those who took vitamin D supplementation and those who didn't. Well, could that be because if you're taking a vitamin D supplementation, you were more careful about washing right. your hands or not being exposed? Right. It's, it's hard to tell, right. but for now, um, there, there are more studies uh, looking at high-dose vitamin D um, in, in preventing or treating COVID infections, but those, that data is not going to be available until two years from now and probably won't be terribly helpful. So my takeaway on vitamin D and, and COVID-19 is if you feel comfortable, take and recommend 2,000 a day, 4,000 if you're really worried about being deficient, um, wash your hands, wear masks and social okay. distance. Um, and if patients need something constructive to do if they turn COVID positive in their home, I don't, rec I, I don't mind suggesting that they go ahead and take vitamin D as well just right. because it gives them something concrete to do. And right. they probably heard on the news that Anthony Fauci is also taking vitamin D to prevent it, to lower his risks yeah. of, of COVID with vitamin D. Now, granted, he's in his mid-70s, and right. may, that may not be everybody. Nonetheless, um, not a lot of great news on vitamin D, but I think uh, there's enough adequate to make me recommend it for my patients on a regular basis. Yeah, I think it sounds like good advice and not to be screening people um, for deficiencies. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. This was very helpful because we uh, just an onslaught of information. And thank you for bringing this because it really is going to help improve our, our practice and our own health. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Susan. Practice pointer. While there are limited outcome studies demonstrating vitamin D supplementation is beneficial in musculoskeletal disorders, taking up to 4,000 a day is safe and may lower the risk of COVID-19 infection, as well as prevent some other adverse health risks. Join us next time when we talk about some very interesting literature about how we should treat acute musculoskeletal non-low back pain. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.